Thank you for listening. This is Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners around the world to Israel, exploring the ties that bind us through culture, identity, and current events. I'm Alan Potash in California, and I'm joined with my co-host and friend, Liz Feldstern. Liz, how are you? You're in Jerusalem still, right? I am. I am I, I am back in Jerusalem. Yes. Good to see you. Good to hear you. Good to see you. I don't know if you know, but we're recording today, and it's the 4th of July in America. Uh, mm-hmm. I, would call it, I would call it our Yom mood, but I don't think that's really fair. <laughs> well, so it's a literal translation, right? Independence it, it Day. It is. Uh, anything going on in Israel for America's uh, independence? I am not particularly. There happens to be a block party of sorts going on outside my window right now, but I don't think it's for the 4th of July. I think it is just a coincidence. Are you sure about that? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. <laughs> no fireworks? <laughs> Although the- no, it's a, no, it's a, a synagogue in the neighborhood that has a lot of parties. They are a very festive bunch. Um, and so, and they, built actually during and after COVID a very large outdoor area because they have so many gatherings and they they are using it well. That's good. Maybe they're hosting weddings. Um, I don't know. It doesn't seem to be weddings either. It's like music and dancing and lectures and I, I don't know exactly what well, maybe, the what the occasion is but maybe when we're done recording you should run down and, and enjoy the celebration and invite myself to the party maybe well tell him you're doing it you're doing it for the podcast um <laughs> speaking speaking of fireworks i've been reading in the news quite a bit about uh an effort a military effort israel is undertaking in the west bank city of Jenin. Uh, any <laughs> any insight any thoughts on that i am well I am, you know, there was another conversation that you and I were having offline about whether or not this operation in Janine is a response to violence that has been uh, perpetrated in Israel over the past few weeks. And in my non-professional opinion, I tend to think that that's not the case. Um, mainly because an operation like this, I don't know if people realize, but an operation like this is something that is planned for many months and done in a very exact way. You know, the uh, multiple branches of the Israeli military are coordinating and in a matter of days, have a plan to reach, you know, 20 or so um, very specific targets, both um, individuals, known known terrorists, that they know exactly what these people have perpetrated and, and who they need to find and um, and deal with, and, and locations where they know, you know, under this building is a stash of weapons and next to this place is a meeting area for for terrorists and et cetera, et cetera. Um, and, and just f- so because of how much planning 
goes into this kind of an operation and that it can only happen when sort of all the stars align, right? They're, they're working for months to, to get all, gather all of this information and come up with a plan. And then they really have to go sort of when, when the timing is right. Um, so I, I don't think that it's the kind of thing that can be decided yes or no, or, you know, change, change the date or move it up because of other things that are happening in Israel. So the so the continued escalation of um, Israeli citizens uh, being targeted by terrorists along the roads. We remember the D family that were killed on during Passover, and there have been a, mm-hmm. a succession of of people being uh, targeted and killed uh, uh, in Israel. And I think, from my perspective, is that what the government or the military is doing is trying to quell that increase in the violence uh, and you're, I think and you're they're saying... trying to yeah i think they're trying to quell that type of violence but not because of the incidents that have happened over the past you know 3 3 months looking historically at the fact that there have always been you know ups and downs and spates of those kind of attacks and when the military is able to locate a number of individuals and you know locations that it would be advantageous to uh to get rid of they they will do that i i think that uh, the other thing that i've been reading and correct me if you know something different is that israel has been frustrated with the lack of authority that the palestinian authority has had over some of these groups that have made janine their their home, in a sense, to do the bomb manufacturing and their planning. And the individuals within Janine are frustrated with the Palestinian Authority for not providing the services that they're supposed to be providing. So you've got this internal tension that's being created within the community, the West Bank, and then you have Israel frustrated that this um, these, these incidences of violence have taken place. So I'm um, Yes, I, I definitely think those are both, you know, significant factors um, and that are that are at play in this complex dynamic. Yes. And since neither one of us are military specialists, <laughs> I think we should probably, we'll probably leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> I do. And I want to uh, flip to a different topic, one that we don't cover a lot, although we have covered, you know, a fair amount of sports in our podcast. Um, I'm I tend to flip uh, channels and read different sports articles. And I recently discovered that um, Israel has a team of bicycle riders at the Tour de France in France. I was very uh, excited to see that. I did not know that there was a bicycling initiative uh, in Israel, although I do remember reading several years ago that Israel hosted uh, a race that's considered a lead-up to the Tour de France, it's called, and I'm going to mispronounce it, so forgive my uh, mispronunciation. It's the Giro d'Italia. It's a race that takes place primarily in Italy, but an individual in Israel brought it to Israel to start the race in 2018. uh, And they did the time trial in Jerusalem, and they did two other stages in Israel, and then they um, bicycled to Italy. 
Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they flew or took a boat. I have no idea how they got, <laughs> but they did. Uh, and they finished the race in Italy. The interesting thing for me, which is why I'm bringing all this up, is that the sponsor, one of the sponsors, one of the owners of the uh, the Israeli team in Italy, er, in the Tour de France, is a Canadian by the name of Sylvan Adams, who's a bicycle enthusiast who made Aliyah in uh, 2015, I guess, and has been trying to bring bicycling to Israel. Uh, and by, I would say by creating a uh, significant uh, team in uh, in the Tour de France, it makes, makes quite a bit of, of an impact. I could ramble on and on and on. I will say flipping through the riders for the Israel team, uh, I don't see any Israelis. I see Canadians and Brits and Australians um, mm -hmm. and one German. Uh, but uh, again, I think it's a phenomenal thing where Israel is having a presence uh, in on the world stage and seems to be doing a fairly positive uh, job at it, which also brings yeah, me to bicycling, you know, bicycling is a sport that I do feel like I see quite a lot of in Israel. Um, sometimes I'm not quite sure how they do it because especially, you know, in Jerusalem, we have so much changes of elevation. Um, it's not an easy place to bike ride. It's true also for runners, right? When there's the Jerusalem Marathon, it's significantly harder than for example, the Tel Aviv Marathon or or any of the major international marathons that all take place purposefully in places that are relatively flat. Um, that is not the case in Jerusalem. So it presents many, many challenges. You have to really, really want a bike ride and really be a very good bike rider, I guess, to ride in Jerusalem and, and in Israel in general, right? We have a, a lot of changes of topography. I think that's what bicyclists enjoy. Bicyclists don't mm -hmm. really want to ride a flat, um, non-scenic route. And just speaking from my own experience and my own personal experience, when I lived in Israel, uh, I used to bicycle quite a bit into the mountains outside of Jerusalem. And it's uh, it is challenging, and it's but it's also invigorating, and it's beautiful mm -hmm. to to ride from say Jerusalem through Ein Kerem and up into the Moshavim and Kibbutzim um, in the area uh, outside of Jerusalem. I find it to be very beautiful. Uh, if anybody's interested in like the Tour de France, you can find the the course and the course the route that they take the st different stages. Most of them do focus on hills and mountains and elevations mm -hmm. and that is the grueling part of the bicycle race uh, which means if you are riding in israel you uh, have an advantage of going up and down the mountains uh, in israel so yeah and then in israel we have very popular the totally different kind of bike riding which are the electric bikes that people ride you know to get around town and those are, seem to be incredibly popular in Israel, maybe in part because of the hills and people who are not looking for the grueling physical challenge, but to get from point A to point B without uh, being stuck in traffic, but rather being able to wind your way in and out of traffic. Um, 
And so we we have a, a quite significant number of people, I think, riding electric bikes in the city. Well, as a as an electric bicycle rider myself, I I, I can concur that uh, it makes riding a lot easier, which means it's mm-hmm. much more fun, uh, and especially going up and down hills. Uh, but you don't get the same level of of exercise when you're using the <laughs> yeah. electric assist. But I agree with you; it is a great way to get around, especially in a hilly area. I'm pretty sure that we'll see more and more uh, of these electric bicycles around the world because they're very easy to ride and they make transportation much easier and you you don't need to be dependent on a car. You can go 10, 15 miles on one of these bicycles and get to where you need to go and uh, not have to worry about parking. Mm-hmm. So the other sport event that I want to share with you is, uh, again, Israel played against the United States in the quarterfinals of Drumroll, lacrosse. Lacrosse. Wow. I think you'll have to even remind me what sport is lacrosse. What? It's like sticks with little nets on them, right? Yes. And they sports enthusiasts amongst our four (laughs) listeners is rolling over at my lack of knowledge. No, but again, it goes to my comment I made about the bicycling is that Israel is really um, working towards being on the world stage of sports. We saw it with the soccer. Uh, we see it with um, baseball, although getting better at that. And and we know about Israel and European basketball. So uh, not only is Israel a startup nation with technology, it's also making its inroads with, with sports. So Israel lost to... Um, the United States, embarrassingly, score-wise, uh, nineteen to three in the mm. quarterfinals. Ouch! I did not watch the game. I did uh, realize that it happened, and I have to plead ignorant. I just don't understand um, too much about the sport. Um, I'm sure if I follow it again in the future, maybe I, I will pick up some more of the intricacies of it. But I, it, I just think it's great to, you know, flip on the the TV and and turn on a station and see, you know, Israel against the United States in any sport or any country. Uh, so that's that's my uh, love of Israel from a sports perspective. Hmm. Uh, well, I wanting to have some vague understanding of what lacrosse is i just looked it up online and apparently it is you know the most popular in the united states and canada that's like you know and let until the past few years the only places where it was played so maybe israel should not feel too badly about having not done well against the only country that's been playing it for apparently a very long time does lacrosse is one of the oldest team sports in North America. Well, thank you for that discovery. I think that's awesome. Um, I think again, the other the other countries that play are Ireland, um, Puerto Rico, England, the Netherlands, Australia, Germany, Japan, China, uh, Jamaica. Um, so I, again, we'll see. Uh, maybe in the future, Israel will be a leading force in lacrosse 
as they have been in other sports. Liz, anything else you want to share with us? Just wishing everyone a happy and safe 4th of July. Um, um, And maybe one other Israel tidbit, you know, in the United States, I think it varies from state to state as to whether private individuals can purchase and or use fireworks. Um, And so uh, on that note, you know, in Israel, we do not have fireworks that you can just purchase and set off yourself. Um, The most we have are those little, I don't know what they're called, poppers maybe, the ones that's like a little little paper bag and you throw it and it makes like a loud noise on the sidewalk. That's, that's it. So, uh, so we are more like, you know, some of the States in the United States where you cannot purchase fireworks. And I grew up in New Jersey where you could not purchase them, but knowing that there was such a thing as people like going across the state border into Pennsylvania, where then I don't know what it is today, but then you could buy fireworks people would bring them back. And then of course, being in Nebraska, I remember that there are certainly people would, they would set up very large tents and one could purchase fireworks. I'm going to guess in California, it's a no. I have not seen uh, too much in the way of firework sales. A part of that, I think is because um, I can't really answer other than the heat and the it may not be legal. It might not I, be I'm legal. pretty. I, I I have to do some research, but I will share with you that uh, tonight we'll be going or we'll be watching from our our home the fireworks display at the Civic Center Park in Palm Desert, which also hosts a Holocaust memorial, uh, which is a, a beautiful um, statement that the city of Palm Desert has uh, invested in uh, Holocaust education for our community. But a quick side note, many communities are doing away with fireworks and have mm-hmm. gone to from LED. an environmental perspective. Environmental and pressure from dog owners. Dog owners. Okay. Now and in Israel we also have the issue of a high number of people with um with PTSD. Yeah. So that's also another reason why, you know, I, I don't imagine there's any push to to legalize more kinds of fireworks. So the alternative that's being done in some communities are LED drone displays that are beautiful. I'll have to look that up and see what those look like. Beautifully choreographed presentations of of imagery from all these drones. I think we saw it in the Olympics in China. I think they did uh, the Beijing Olympics. I think they did a display with drones. Uh, And I I know that uh, one of the um presidential victory parties i think they did instead of fireworks they did drones so look for led drone displays i will and i imagine they can set them to music and everything also yeah yeah and, and they nice. don't make, they don't make a lot of noises right um, with with that cool. i will uh, i will conclude us uh in our wonderful podcast today we've covered some very Interesting topics from military actions in Janine, the Tour de France and Israel's team, 4th of July, and even lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Not so much Israel-focused today, right? It all comes back to Israel. All, all of it's related. 
Well, Liz, thank you and enjoy the rest of your week. And thank you all for listening. This has been Israel Rebound, a podcast joining listeners from around the world to Israel. Go ahead, Liz. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, everyone.